Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. farmer thank you thank you thank you for listening more and more knox county women in their mid-40s are starting to date men who are in their early 20s a local sociologist considers this to be a most unusual and unhealthy phenomenon and is hoping to discover what the two groups can possibly have in common he says he says you you would think that a 45 year old woman 
would seek out a sixty-year-old man who could satisfy her intellectual needs. Yet, we see many of these women, accompanied by no more than children, out on the town six and seven nights a week. One would think that a woman over forty would know that you can't trust a man until hair grows in his ears. Whatever do these two groups of people find to talk about? What is it about these young men that older women find so attractive?
the groove of bags. The groove of bags or bags, bags groove, I suppose you can say it that way. Ron Carter, of course, and Jim Hall. I can remember going to see, going to see Jim Carter, Jim uh, Hall and Ron Carter one time in New York City. Must have been before 1970, so it was about 45, almost 50 years ago. Don't ask me what I was doing in New York City, because I have no idea. You know that I listen to Dutch all the time, and there is an expression on middelijk full begrip that I like. A middelijk full begrip. It means immediately full of understanding. Immediately full of understanding, or instantly enlightened. And I think this is a great expression. Immediately full of understanding. I like the Dutch way of saying it, as if enlightenment or understanding had an atomic number and could actually be poured or stuffed into a container. Immediately full of understanding. Immediately full begrip.
Just Django here on the Humble Farm. I'm aware with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. I got a note from Bob in Gray today. I'd like to thank him for that. I got a note from Peg in Palmyra today. I'd like to thank her for that. Thank you, thank you. Nobody in the world, you tell me if this is not true, nobody in the world has ever heard of Annie Dillard's Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. A friend in Rockland mentioned that this book, Pilgrim at Tinker, Tinker Creek, was being discussed by some literary or social or breakfast group. No wonder I've never heard of it or the author. It was written ten years after I baptized classmates in an American lit class down at Gorham Normal School with water I'd brought home from Walden Pond. I hid it in a quart bottle. I remember that very well. I wish people would stop writing things. How is anyone to keep up? Years ago, Clifton Fadiman asked people to sign up for a lifetime reading plan. Do you remember Clifton Fadiman's lifetime reading program? I wonder if it made allowances for anything that was to be written after 1960. No, I'm just as glad I never joined it as it sounded like a grim way to spend one's life. The inevitable lifetime reading program? The inevitable end was so clearly delineated. Dancing may do this and that And help you take off lots of fat But I'm no friend of dancing when it's hot So if you are a dancing fool Who loves to dance but can't keep cool Bear in mind the idea that I've got When it gets too hot for comfort And you can't get ice cream cones Paint no scene Take off your skin And dance around in your bones When the lazy syncopation Of the music softly moans Paint no sin To take off your skin And dance around in your bones The polar bears aren't green up in Greenland They've got the right idea They think it's great to refrigerate While we all cremate down here Just be like those bamboo babies In the South Sea tropic zones Take no sin Take off your skin And dance around in your bones When you're calling up your sweetie In those hot house telephones Taint no sin to take off your skin and dance around in your bones When you're on a crowded dance floor near those red-hot saxophones Oh, taint no sin to take off your skin and dance around in your bones Take a look at the girls when they're dancing Notice the way they're dressed They wear silken clothes without any holes And nobody knows the rest No more singing in the bathtub with those television phones. Taint no sin to take off your skin and dance 
Yes, I also in today's mail got a nice little picture book from, I believe the man's name is John Clymer in California. Apparently they stopped by our bed and breakfast last summer. They they lived in Spruce Head. I guess they rented a place over there. And they rode around our area taking pictures, which I wouldn't, I don't know, there's not much to see around here, nothing but boats and seagulls and trees and water. But they took pictures of everything and put it in this book, and they have just happened to have a picture of me that, that fit in on one of the pages. So I was very pleased to get that. Love to hear from you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com, and you, as well as I do, know people who plan things days and weeks and months ahead. You know who these people are? They write these things down on calendars or in their little notebooks. These people, you know who they are. These people know exactly what they're going to do every day for days, weeks, and months in advance. You do not want to drop in on these people for a visit because, yes, any change in their schedule throws them for a loop. To my way of thinking, an existence like that is not a life. It is the chronicle of a prisoner in a maximum security federal prison. Some of us, you know, are very happy to get out of bed in the morning with nothing more on the agenda than eat my rolled oats and take a shower.
seventh there. Django here. And here is a letter from Tim White. I think Tim White might have been one of my brother's students, Thomaston Grammar School. Tim White writes, My parents told me, We want you to be happy. We want you to have a better life than we did. So I didn't have kids. something that I enjoyed very I enjoyed hearing very much when I was a small child. You might remember when that was popular. We read we read so many things, but one of the things we read is that to walk on ice, keep your center of gravity over your front leg. 
it says, lean forward like a penguin. And there was a picture of this man and a penguin. It showed how the penguins lean forward when they walk, because they walk on ice, keeps them from falling over. You know, as well as anyone, that when you're over 75 years of age, you natu naturally walk this way. You look at your feet and you walk as if you could trip at any, any moment. You lean forward, which is why some of us rarely fall, knock wood on that. All old people are not stoop-shouldered. We're just keeping our center of gravity over our foremost leg so we don't fall down. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, I admit it. I'm, I am naturally stoop-shouldered, and I've always walked like a penguin. But as a result, over the years, I have found a lot of dimes and quarters that you have dropped on the streets of Rockland. And I'll tell you this, too. For two days, I also tried to think like a penguin. But all it did was give me an uncontrollable urge to take food stamps away from hungry Maine children.
Django. Here on the Humble Farmer. Did you know that with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite station? Nancy just found out that she can hear this program on my webpage, on the Internet. And I've been doing it for nine years, so I'm glad the word is finally getting out in Camden. Long-time radio friend Robert down in Brunswick says... I go 15 miles from my late mother's condo to walk and look for alligators and birds. I see the same one every time in the same location. They have their own lunchtime, I guess. Hmm. Should we tell Robert that those animals and birds you always see in the same locations have been stuffed by a taxidermist? as are all the cute kittens in all the pictures you've seen of them playing in the sewing basket. I mention this course only as a public service. People should know these things. Oh. 
come back and I'll go her bail. They'll wonder how I ever cop her tea. I'd love to adopt her, say, who's that baby doll? Nice original little turn around there. One morning, I said to my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, why do I wake up at five o'clock every morning? And my wife said, well, nine hours sleep plus a two-hour nap in the afternoon should be enough rest for anybody. Django, one of my favorites. You can guess that. I play it often. Here's some frightening information, if you're ready for frightening information. I just read that every hour of TV you watch after age 25 cuts your lifespan by about 22 minutes, according to 2012 research from the University of Queensland, Australia. 
They also found that people who average six hours a day in front of the boob tube died nearly five years sooner than people who did not watch any TV. How about that? People who average six hours a day in front of the boob tube died five years sooner than people who didn't watch any TV. <coughs> excuse, excuse them all. This reminds me of a bit written by a German nihilist that I memorized Oh, 45 or more years ago. Es gibt Charles und Lieder was the way it started off. J and K were playing Let's Get Away From It All in the background. And, and uh, as this poet said, as they were playing that in the background, and the translation is mine. This is my translation from the German. I have read in an Amerikanischen newspaper that every cigarette shortens the life by five and twenty minuten. I don't believe it. I think the Americanischen cigarette and Coca-Cola industries are behind the article.
got much brain or much wit, but I know he's got it. Whatever that might be. I have been reading Greek plays to Masha's dear little grandchildren, you know, to, to set them on the right track, academically speaking. And now, were you to ask these little children to name the fattest king in Thebes, they would shout, Adipos Rex. done here. The program is almost over, but I have left a little crawl space. I always leave a little crawl space at the end of the show. You know that I've worked for years to write stories that require a bit of thought. That is, I enjoy telling the kind of stories that some people might not understand the first time they hear them. Some people might have to hear the story again or say it over again in their minds before they get it. This kind of story is called a dry story, and you know that I like dry stories. 
And this might be an example. If you have young children, if you have young grandchildren who come to visit you from time to time, you might be familiar with the $300 worth of little yellow plastic duckies in the bathtub problem. Do you have grandchildren? Are you familiar with this $300 worth of little yellow plastic ducks in the bathroom problem? Tell me, where in the world do you hide them before they come? Like you, you 
She fit right into that little, Diana fit right into that little crawl space I left here at the end of the show. Picking pockets is an age-old occupation which has been polished to a fine art. You always read about cut purses in Shakespeare, but in recent years picking pockets has become an exact, an exacting science, because in Shakespeare one reads, to have an open ear, a quick eye, and a nimble hand is necessary for a cat purse. A cat purse is now called a pickpocket. When purses were worn suspended from a strap or a string, that is, like many women carry their pocketbooks now, thieves cut the string by which the purse was attached. But when pockets were adopted and purses were no longer hung on the strap, the thief was no longer a cut purse, but became a pickpocket. The would-be mugger I hit beside the head with a suitcase over 40 years ago in Casablanca was a cut purse. My companion had a purse over her shoulder, and when I heard him running up behind us, and when I heard his switch, switchblade click open, I swung my suitcase around without even looking at him. He fled. My wife, Marsha, says it was probably my breath.
Django, no crawl space here, or I can impart a bit of wisdom. I can do no more than thank you for listening and remind you that with any luck at all, I'll be back here next week, same time on your favorite station, playing old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you again for listening. Bloody strokes